0: Here we come blue and white and we're looking good
1: You'll be in for a fight and we fight pretty good Getting goals is our job and we get goals good Looking good, we are Carlisle United Carlisle United, the team that's on the ball. Hey, it's good to be back, isn't it? Back in action for the Blues this last couple of weeks. It's been fantastic. Hello everyone, welcome to the Brunton Bugle, a podcast focusing on the trials and tribulations of Carly United Football Club. From Grant Smith to Richard Sendall and Lee Madison to George McVitie, we've got it covered. This is episode 35 and today we're going to take a look back at the last two games. The United's first two games back after the extended COVID and weather and power cut related uh, delay we've had to the season. Uh, we'll be looking ahead to next week's uh, midweek game against Leighton Orient at Brunton Park. And as usual, we've got the usual roundup of news updates, uh, what ex-United players have been getting up to. We've got a little quiz for you again once more. Uh, I'm joined on this episode, as usual, by one of my regular co-hosts, and today it's Mike Booth. Mike, how's it going, mate?
0: Yeah, it's going good. You know, obviously, it's a shame there's no football this Saturday, but that might actually not be a bad thing in the end.
1: I'm so annoyed about that because it's my birthday tomorrow on Saturday. <laughs> And i have been waiting for eight years, like what, what, was it six years you have to wait or something for a, a day to land, a game to actually land on your birthday, a Saturday game at least anyway. And what happens? Yeah, it gets called off because of bloody COVID. Absolutely sods of law, isn't it? But there you go. Yeah. I was looking forward to having a few cans sitting down watching the match, but <laughs> no luck, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, I, th- I think before we get started, I'd have to mention, what we've been running the bo- bobble hat competition over the last few weeks, I haven't had a chance to collate all the entries together yet. So, we're not going to announce the winner on today's episode. It's going to be next week's episode that we'll announce the uh, the winner for everyone, including the runners up who get the badges as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, what, what I'll do first is, Mike, uh, before we get into the news, uh, last couple of episodes we've been doing little quizzes, haven't we? Uh, mm-hmm. Where you've had to try and guess players and based on certain quiz questions. And you didn't do too well last week, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I was saying to you before we started recording there, I think I was probably a little bit harsh in giving you a question with a lot of players well before your time of watching Carl United. Yeah. So so this time, what I've done is I've I've, I've worked out another one. I think this is a really good one, actually. So back in 2004, 2005, uh, as you may remember, that's when what used to be the third division became what it is now, which is League Two. So the Mm -hmm. EFL basically restructured, didn't it, for the championship, League One and League Two. So the fourth tier became League Two. So... I've managed to find out the all-time top scorers in League Two from 2004 to 2005 to present day. And in the top, I think it's the top 100, there are eight Carly United players, and players. Players who've played for Carly United at some point. Mm. And I want you to guess who those eight players are. Um, so we'll do that at the end of the episode, but to give you a little bit of time to think. But there's eight okay. players in total that you've got to guess, essentially. So we'll come back to that at the end yeah. of the episode. Okay, so with that out of the way, let's get straight into the news then, Mike. So uh, first up, um, for once, we're getting a bit of news before we record, aren't we? Because normally what happens is, mm. I me and you sit down and record, say, so, yeah, there's not really much news happening, is there? And then, what do you know, a game gets called <laughs> off, or a you know, player signs, something like that, literally 20 minutes after we finish recording. Thankfully, for once, they've been very kind in uh, Chris Beach's Zoom press conference took place this uh, morning. I don't obviously no game to look ahead to, but he's obviously given the the uh, the press a bit of uh, things to talk about ahead of the weekend. Um, unfortunately, it's a bit of bad news, isn't it, Mike? And uh, a couple mm. of injuries have uh, been confirmed by Beach. So we've been wondering, haven't we, over the last couple of weeks, whether you know Morgan Feeney maybe was self isolating ahead of joining the club, or maybe you know been in contact with someone who had COVID or something. But actually, it turns out. Uh, he suffered a broken foot in training, hasn't he? Um, mm. Sounds like a completely innocuous sort of challenge. One of those ones where you, he's put his foot in and won the ball and the player who's gone in with him has kicked his foot completely unintentionally. And uh, most of the time you just get a little bruise, don't you? But it's just landed in right in the sweet spot. And unfortunately, that as a result, uh, he's going to be out of action for a little bit. Hopefully not too long by the sounds of things. But what Beach was saying, was it? I think he seems to suggest he, he'll be back fairly soon. Um But also, in the same training session, completely another freak accident, uh, teenage winger Jamie Armstrong, one of the first-year pros, uh, suffered a broken ankle. So he's going to be out for a bit longer. I mean, based on how long the average broken ankle seems to take, I'd I'd imagine that might be him out for the season, possibly. They've not set, but you'd imagine he's going to struggle to get back before the end of the campaign, and he's only got a one-year deal. So that's really rotten luck for the lad, isn't Mm. it? Uh, If he's trying to impress um, to get a longer deal. um, Real shame for him, but a bit of a shame on Morgan Feeney, isn't it? Because by all accounts, he seems to be impressing in training from what Beach said.
0: Yeah, well, he hasn't had the greatest injury record the past couple of years, has he? And it's one of them now where you're questioning, is he unlucky with these injuries, or is he kind of a bit injury-prone?
1: I mean, I mean, what I'd say is when, when a player's injury-prone, you're worried they you know picking up things. It's muscles, isn't it? That's, that's your issue. You've got issues with your muscles. If you're suffering a broken bone... Not usually a sign that you're injury prone, is it?
0: From well, experience. I mean, s- s- some players seem to have far more brittle bones than others. But Possibly. I, I I don't. I don't know what his previous injuries were. To be fair, but it's it's sad now that you know we've only got McDonald as a as a backup centre half, really.
1: True, but I suppose Jack Armour can slot in there as well. You know, he's played in the past. Yeah. Nick Anderton. Ma- could, I suppose Melish could. Nick Anderton, long term, has said he wants to play in that position, doesn't he? So. You know, there's options there, isn't there? I guess, and like I said, if you have to move, like, armour around, you've got Joe Riley who can slot in it right back uh, if needs be. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next item. Uh, it's the reserves. Uh, they were in action again in midweek, and they made it three wins out of three in the Central League Cup, uh, beating their counterparts from Rochdale 2-1. Um, I think they won the other games. didn't they five 0 down in Rochdale back in December, mm. and I think they beat Fleetwood in the other match possibly as well. So, so doing pretty well. I'm not sure how. The, I'm, I'm guessing that probably means we're through in the competition because I mean there's only three teams in the the league, isn't there? I mean, we've just got Fleetwood left to play uh, in the other fixtures. So, yeah, I'm guessing we go through to the next round and play someone else. I don't know. I don't really know mm. a massive amount about the Central Cup these days. Um, the it was an own goal from Connor Shanessi. Sch- 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 is it Sean Essie? It's an Irish you, you're name. Isn't you're it? the Irish one, eh? Oh, so you're the one who does the Irish Jackson, don't you? So don't, <laughs> even, don't even start doing that on here either before you even think of it. Um, so, yeah, Connor Sh- Sean Essie and uh, Taylor Charter's penalty was enough to for United to see off Dale. Um, Marg- uh, Magnus Norman, Dean Furman, Gimmy Toure, Kedwin Scott, and Rod McDonald all got run out alongside a mixture of first-year pros and youth team players. Josh Dixon did miss out on this game, didn't he? I think uh, I think it's more... There's not a major concern, is it? But I think with his injury record in the past, I think if he has any sort of knock, you don't really want to risk him, especially on mm. pitches that aren't particularly great at this time of year. So, so yeah, from what Beach was saying, he's progressing well in training and you know developing as a player. He's, the key thing for him is learning to win the ball back as much as anything, isn't it? Because he's more of a ball-playing midfielder as much as anything. Um... Final bit of news. Yeah. Uh, it's more kick off time changes, isn't it? And uh so we've got two more now that have been changed. That's the games against home games against Tranmere Rovers on the twenty third of February, it's Tuesday night, and Grimsby Town another Tuesday night on the ninth of March have been shifted to seven PM starts. I think the only one left right about that time now that isn't uh, that is the regular seven forty five kick off time is Colchester Wayne. And I imagine surely that one's gonna get changed. Did think, think so, yeah. You'd think, I mean, to want to discuss the point where you might as well just say all midweek games for the rest of the season are going to be 7 o'clock kickoffs, unless otherwise mm. stated. Be the easiest way of doing it, wouldn't it? Although um, it doesn't
0: it inconvenience the fans or anything particularly, but, you know. No, but,
1: I, but I'll, I'll get on to a point about that in mm. a minute when we talk about the Forest Green game. Um, uh, so the, the we're still waiting for the games against Cheltenham and Newport to be rearranged. Obviously, the Cheltenham game this weekend has been postponed due to COVID. That was announced, I think, after we recorded last week. So that's a sods law on that one, but uh, but yeah. So just just waiting for those to be arranged now, and then we've got a lovely run of something like nine weeks in a row with Saturday Tuesdays coming up. Can't mm. wait for it. <laughs> um, well, let's get on to the match reviews then, Mike. We're going to rather than sort of do each match in one, you know, one on at a time. We're just going to do it in one go really. So the win, one win over Exeter, one nil uh, on the Saturday, and then a two-one defeat against Forest Green on the Tuesday night. Um, Mixed bag on return to action in the league. Solid hard-earned win over Exeter. probably, a, I think you'd say, a slightly leggy performance in actually what was a quite a tight game against fellow high flyers at Forest Green that saw them run out 2-1 winners a few days later. Those three points from six leaves United in third place on 42 points from 23 games, with just three points behind second place and first place Forest Green and Cambridge. Um, but obviously the Blues have still got at least two games they've had on every team around them. They actually have three games in hand on both Cambridge and Forest Green. The only team they haven't, other than that, is uh, Newport, where they've just got the one game in hand, but obviously we've still got to play Newport. Um, yeah, let's start with the Exeter game, sort of briefly touch on that one, Mike. Um, this was a really good defensive performance, wasn't it? In terms of like showing our yeah. resilience and what we can do at the back, we've restricted the best attack, and comfortably the best attack in the division Exeter. Yeah. To... No shots on target over the ninety minutes. Really impressed with the way we defended this one, weren't we?
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, you know, not just defending, but we really came out, sort of all all guns blazing, and really seemed up for it. I mean, I, I said before the game, I predicted them that we'd score in the first five or ten minutes, and that's exactly what we did. So well, it, me, m- well, my gone. friend
1: Simon there, uh, he he listens to the pod and he listened in and he heard your thing. Then he's like, you know, I might put a fiver on us to score in the first. Uh, 15 minutes, I think it was, and he came up trump, so he says thank you to you. Um, you're not getting any money on commission, though, so... No, but
0: there that you. means now if you put a £5 bet on all of my predictions this season, you know not would be £300 down, so, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's yeah, all good. Not bad, not bad, but not bad, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But sorry about uh, the of the year. Yeah, we're kind of going off on a tangent there, but um, Jack Armour's pass for that for that goal was just... Top notch, and and that's twice. I mean, that isn't technically an, an assist, is it? Because you know, it rattled around a few other players before it hit the back of the net. But that's sort of three goals now. There's that one, um, one away at Walsall, and is that one that he set up Patrick for in the home game. I can't Mansfield against off the top of my head.
1: Yeah.
0: Mansfield, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's three goals that he's just sort of conjured up with that left foot of his, and it's it's it's, it's great to see.
1: He's looking a tidy little player, isn't he? I mean, there's mm. a, there's, there's an argument that he semi-retired uh, Nicky Lawes of the game, didn't he? Because he announced he was leaving Exeter, didn't he? Mm. And he was up against him, and he didn't really get much change from him, which is an absolute credit to Jack. I mean, one of those plays when he came in, in the summer, we we thought, didn't we? That he was just going to be a squad player, and you know, he might end. Up, he, there's always a worry with a player like that. He's going he to end up maybe only featuring two or three times and end up leaving at the end of the season and dropping lower down the leagues, but. Fair play to the lad, he's shown just how good he is and you've got to imagine he's going to have his deal extended at the end of the season, isn't he? Because he's got a bright future in the game, the way he's playing and like I said, he's very good on the ball, he looks like he could play a bit higher up the pitch and I think he'd be even better when he's playing down the left and mm. it's nice to have a bit of competition for the captain, Nick Anderson, on the left side, isn't it really? And Like I yeah, said, that, that, that pass was outstanding. There's a technical term for it, all the stat, statisticians use, isn't it? I think it's like key pass or mm. second assist. I don't think it's even a second assist, is it? Because technically, mm. Lewis Alessandro second assisted his own assist. Yeah, <laughs> because it was his ball across. It was almost a roundabout way of one-two, wasn't it? Really, but um, mm. but yeah, it was. it was a, it was a lovely, lovely pass forward. Uh, set up Alessandro. He's got great vision. And, uh, and Alessandro does what he does best. You know, he he held it up well, took his time, plays a ball across the goal. And full credit to Amari Patrick. You know, it, it would be easy there to just lash at it or, you know, mm. panic or whatever, but takes on his man, quick turning, and he just doesn't wait to put the cross in, does he? That's, that, that was the key thing about that chance. Mm. He basically got it out of his feet quickly on the turn and just put it to the far post, knowing Alessandro was going to be lurking about there. And it's a yeah. terrific finish as well fair play. Yeah. Like. And,
0: and it was good from Alessandra as well because some players might just sort of stop and watch Patrick thinking that he's going to take the shot but Alessandra had enough about him to think ah, if I just keep in this little spot of space here at the far post and it drops to me then I'm going to score and that's exactly what happened.
1: Really composed finish as well wasn't it I think I think it's fair to say you know a lot of players would just lash at that run Yeah, but he just sort of side-footed it into the roof and yeah, full credit to the lad I mean their keeper didn't have the greatest game for them did he I don't think he was uh, some of his kicking was Wayward mm. to say the least, um, mm. yeah. Um, so I, I, I'll touch on it there, but Alessandra's importance to the team just continues to grow and grow, doesn't it? Yeah, at the moment, he's probably one of the first names on the team. She so he links the team together so well, doesn't he? Yeah, front. definitely.
0: I, I mean, for, for me, you know, your front three, it should still be Alessandra, Coyote, and uh, Patrick. But the lads who have sort of come on off the bench and sort of well, you know, Zanzala, I think, started against he did, uh, yeah. Yeah, he extra. did. Um, mm. But for me, the lads who are coming off the bench, I think Dickinson looks good. He, he I of like of the look of him, I He's really st- staking his claim and uh, Torre looks sort of back to what, what we know he can do. But for me, the lads who, are st- who should be knocking on the manager's door a little bit, Zanzala hasn't been one of them so far. Yeah, I, it, I, I don't want to write him off too early, but...
1: No, no, we don't. We, do, we definitely don't because, you know, we've seen that pass. I mean, put it this way, I was an impressed of Josh Coyote on his debut away at Oldham. Remember that well, game? neither was I. But we, we, <laughs> we both thought he looked a bit like Bambi on ice and he was struggling yeah. a bit. Before. What, what have we signed here? But mm. fair play, he's been fantastic since then. Um, yes, it's difficult for him to come in, isn't it? Because he's not had much game time at Crew, and he's coming in, you know, fresh to us. And uh, I suppose he's got the advantage that the, the players... Similar to him, I haven't been able to train for a few weeks properly, have they, until mm. this game. But he just looked a little bit off the pace and it's probably going to take him a bit of a while to get up to the same speed as the rest of the players in the team. I, I, like I said, I don't want to write him off. And what I would say, mm. actually, to be fair on him, every time the ball was going forward in the air, he was winning the ball in the air. He's clearly good at that. I do mm. wonder if he'd be better down the middle than out wide. I think he doesn't didn't look like he would adapt to that role as well as... Coyote has done in moving out mm. to, the, to the right I think um, you mentioned Tori there I want to touch on that one again I, 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 there was a lot of talk wasn't it, in terms of the January transfer when there was a lot of murmurs from some people suggesting oh he's not happy he's on his way he's putting you know little, these little clips together of his best moments from this season I mean he always does that he's always done that since he's signed for us I don't think mm. there's anything to worry about there but he certainly looked like he's had a point to prove in, in the game against uh, Forest Green because I don't think he came on against Exeter did he I think he was left on the mm. bench but In this game against Forest Green, he've got his goal, but he looks really lively down the the left, didn't he
0: yeah, he really did yeah
1: he's he causing uh, problems,
0: yeah, I mean will he sort of be an impact sub now, or you know if someone else gets injured uh, for, for me, if one of the wide forwards gets injured, you know it's between him and Dickinson that that's lot really who who takes the place
1: I think Dickinson looks better in midfield, you know, I think he looked better mm. I think he might be coming for Melish, We'll touch on in a minute. But mm. in terms of front, I do wonder if it is maybe time to just freshen it up a little bit, maybe. But I don't know what would you do, because I mean, Patrick's in great form, Alessandri makes us click. Coyote's not playing terribly, and his he's throwing are still making a big impact. You wonder, maybe, do you leave Coyote in the bench and put Torrey on for one game, maybe, just to see how it goes? But
0: I, Well, I mean... C- Coyote, I think, because he didn't start against Exeter, did he? He's carrying he was, that knee
1: injury, wasn't he? I think, yeah, yeah, slight knock.
0: But when he came on off the bench, you realised what he brings to the team and how he yeah. can kill the ball and uh, make it stick up front a little bit. You, and, know what we, uh, you know what we
1: forget with Coyote? He's only twenty
0: years old. He's only twenty. Yeah. yeah,
1: he doesn't turn twenty-one until May. He's only eighteen months older than Taylor Charles. He's not mm. because of his, his size and you know how well he's settled in. You, you almost presume he's been, he's been around for years, and he's mm. like twenty, like because obviously when we got Yates, he was what twenty, two twenty three. He was a bit older, mm. wasn't he? So you are sort of thinking, in you, your mindset: oh, we've got another strike from Rotherham. We must be similar age, but actually, he's a lot younger, and there is a huge amount of potential there for him to develop. And yeah, you've you've got to remember that when he's playing. But I, I agree with you. I think he's, he, his his holder play has been fantastic in recent games, mm.
0: definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and yeah. So I mean, in terms of sort of. If we are to freshen up the front three, I I honestly wouldn't. I mean, maybe some games, if we're doing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, you know, you, you want to keep them fresh a little bit. But, you know, th- them three for me are uh, how we should be proceeding forward.
1: Yeah, it seems at the moment he's, he's trying to get as much out of Patrick in games, isn't he, till about the, the hour mark, just, you know, yeah. get him running at and burn himself out and then then throw on the subs then. And,
0: well, that's or, the thing. I mean, I, imagine if you're a fullback and you've had Patrick running at you for 60 minutes, like at full pelt, yeah. and then give me Torres coming on. Or, <laughs>
1: you know? or, or, or Ethan Walker. <laughs> you yeah, exactly. Really. That's, you're yeah. not going to be happy about that, are you, really? Are no. Spoilt spoil for choice, tell me, really, at the moment. Um, you, yeah, touched, you, you mentioned John Mellish briefly there. Yeah. Um, Getting a little bit of stick again. Well, maybe not stick. I mean, Maybe people are worried that he's performed to dropping. enough. He hasn't scored for a while. I, mean, I don't think he's played as badly as some people are making out. I think he's playing okay. I don't think he's played at the same height he was You know, pre... His, uh, sus- he was suspended, wasn't he, for a game? I mm. think it was before Christmas. Pre that, I don't. I think he's not quite hit those heights again yet. Mm. But what I'd say the last couple of games, he's looked not a little bit off the pace in the first half of the games, but then second half, he's come out and he's been right at it. I thought second half of the Forest Green game, he had a real good go and he was driving us forward and there's a couple of times the first half he did drive us forward as well and he he just, all he needs to do is learn to play the pass. It, it You know, and, and that's something you can coach into a player, isn't it? I'm sure you can. But there's mm. just a few times where he got he got the ball forward and you could see his, his eyes lighting up thinking, I need this goal again and he, he was trying to get into the box and just hit it. But he thinks to himself, just, just lay it off to Patrick and get yourself into the box then and get on the end of whatever's mm. coming. That's what you want to see from him. But I don't know what your thoughts are in terms of Mellish at the moment.
0: Well, I mean, Beach seemed to um, strongly insinuate, shall we say, that Mellish was one of the players who had yeah. COVID. We, we don't um, want to say
1: players definitely have, but all the... Oh, oh, you know, he, he didn't say it directly, but he's, he's given yeah. enough hints to suggest he was one of the players.
0: Yeah, and, and to be honest, it, it kind of looks like... He has Mellish's sort of main attribute. What he brings to the team is his running. He just does not stop running. He yeah. does not stop hassling other players, and he's just constant. And he just seems a yard behind where I'm not he sure was it's even, before even that. This.
1: It's almost like he he can do it, but he can only do it for a limited time at the moment. It's mm. almost like he once he hits that hour mark or so, he's struggling a little bit. Mm. Whereas previously, you know, he was running for the full ninety or one hundred and twenty as it was. Well, yeah, in the in the FA Cup against Hayes. Um, yeah, is it worth giving him a little break? It's one of those ones yeah. you, you seen Dick, we've mentioned there. Dickinson's coming in, and done well against Forest Green in that position, hasn't he? Mm,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, maybe if Beach sort of said to him before a game, "Look, you're getting sixty minutes today. I want you to run your balls off for them <laughs> sixty minutes." Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'd rather have him a hundred percent for sixty minutes than at seventy percent for ninety minutes. And I think, you know, if we could just sort of manage him, almost like, you know, a player who's come back from a, a long-term injury a little bit, um, and, you know, because it's not as if we don't have other players sort of uh, to choose from.
1: No, absolutely not. And like I said, I, I I agree with you. I think Dickinson's looked good in the couple of games he's played. He looks sharp. He, he looks like he can pick out a pass. And I think he's one of the few players you put in the team and you think to yourself, he can have a dig from distance because it's the one thing we do, lack in the team. We had a lot of long shots in the last couple of games that were, uh, you know, p-rollers basically weren't they straight to the keeper and mm. you know very easy saves for him. So yeah, it's one of those ones you do wonder maybe maybe we do need to freshen up just a little bit possibly in there. But uh, mm. be interesting to see what Beach does. Quickly, just one quick more thing there in terms of players. Um, got to mention Joe Riley. I know you you said he was maybe looking a little bit invisible. Maybe a couple of months before
0: Christmas, you were not going to let me forget that I said that. Earlier.
1: Absolutely not. You know, it's gonna, <laughs> that, that's sticking. I think he's been fantastic in the last few games. Yeah, particularly the no, last has. two, he looked yeah. excellent. He looks like the, you know, the player we thought we were getting. He's lively. He's, he gets about the pitch so much. He harries players. He's, he's almost like... a I'm trying to think of a player to compare him to we've had in the past. Like a sort of tiger sort of Tom Tyro, but he's got a little bit more about him in terms of the way he can play on the ball. I'm talking about his size, yeah. and he's, he's quite diminutive, isn't he? He's not a big lad, but he gets that one. he did brilliantly to set up the goal against Forest Green didn't he? To win the ball and then get into the box and drive forward. It's one of those ones like we've mentioned there you've got to remember he's barely played football before he came to us. Mm -hmm. He's been out with injuries so long and you know he's been only in there every so often for Man United when he first broke through there so yeah, fair place so I think he's done really well what don't know what you think
0: definitely. yeah definitely you know he really has and you know well you said you said sort of he was lacking before christmas uh, well you know I think to be honest ever since i said He's looked a bit invisible. Don't you take he has credit? Not for this. Looked
1: don't, don't, you, don't you dare take credit for that.
0: I think he's listened to the podcast, he's taken my constructive feedback on board, and he's really sort of made himself Mr. Visible. And he's he's everywhere. He's the opposite of invisible. Do you know what I mean? Like and and, and that's great to see because, you know, I, I say this pretty much every week, don't I? But you know, you've got a guy who kind of Sits the deepest of the three, and you've got Mellish who probably gets the furthest forward out of the three. And Riley just kind of does a bit of everything, and he's he's fantastic at that, and he's he's critical to the way that we play.
1: He buzzes between the two of them, doesn't he? He just gets yeah. it on the pitch and just you know causes a little bit of chaos in a in a more refined way that to what Mellish does. Really, mm. Um I'd like to see him take some free kicks as well because he's a good set of piece taker, and I know mm. we've, we've had. Direct free kicks is something that really annoys me. I guess Dickinson will be able to take them now as well, but I nice see Riley maybe have a crack on a couple. Um mm. quick mention, I think, just talking about teams. Um the Forest Green, I have got to say, probably the best side we played this season, I think. Yeah. Really, really impressed around the way they played and they they played some nice football, but they also did the dirty side of it really well, didn't they? They 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 were they were prepared to get mucked in and Little bit of the dark arcs, you know. I mean, you look at the stats for the for the Forest Green game. The one that's one of the ones that stands out for me is the fouls. Mm. They only committed seven. We committed twenty four. I think probably about twelve of them came in that last five minutes when they were just yeah. winning free kick after free kick to run the clock down. And it's annoying, but you know, if if the ref's going to do it, you know, you, you play that way. I mean, pick out some of their players really as well. I was really impressed with. Um, Odin Bailey, who scored the free kick. I mean, no of no, no, the guys from the mm. Heaven's Devils podcast uh, call him the uh, God of Thunder. Odin Bailey, um, really impressed with him, and Cargill. I was really impressed with him as well, and mm. um, Nicky Cadden. I think he looked he looks a really really good cool player. I know there's a bit of interest in him on deadline yeah. day. Um, I'd imagine they're going to be right up there with us at the end of the season. I think oh, in terms of challenging for the title,
0: definitely, definitely. But you know, it's worth noting as well. I mean, they were a very good side. I mean you know, Farman had to make some very good saves as well. You know, it's worth noting that. And we, Mm. to be honest, we didn't test their keeper a great deal. There was that Zanzala shot from the Dickinson cross.
1: Just a flicked effort, wasn't it? Not much more he could do there, really.
0: Yeah, but, you know, that wasn't a particularly wonderful save. You know, it was kind of at him a little bit. But, you know, whereas Farman made certainly two really outstanding saves where I, I thought... They're going to score here, and he, yeah. he managed to pull the saves out of the bag. But you they, know, they were on the they,
1: break, there weren't they? When we were sort of chasing the game, later like, on.
0: Yeah, it? definitely. But And you know, it was two sloppy, sloppy fouls. I mean, I mean, you know, uh, that, that that we gave away. But we haven't. We didn't concede in open play. Uh, you know, against Forest Green or Exeter, who were two very good attacking sides in this division. Very so true. there's there's a positive to be to be had there.
1: Yeah, Forest Green did have a goal disallowed for uh, for offside early on. We've both looked at the uh, freeze frame of the point where it's flicked on. Doesn't mm. look offside, does he? <laughs> he looked like no. he, it was one. It was a very close one because Hayden was sort of coming back very quickly, and there was just a slight crossover point, and he might have just been leaning off. The angle's not very clear. To be fair mm. on the on the video, but it, it it's not as. Clear-cut as you'd think, or it seemed at first, did it?
0: Well, well. Speaking of offsides, there was the offside in the Exeter game as well, and at at the time, because the linesman took forever to put it his did, flag up, yeah. and and it looked first time I saw it, it looked miles offside, but I haven't seen the replay. It kind of looks like he was level up a little bit. So I, I think
1: room. he, I think he wasn't. I think when you watch it very carefully, I think he, I think Bennett gets back just in time. It's mm-hmm. close. It's very close. It's Bennett on the far side. He's nearly playing Bowman on. But mm. I think he's probably got it right. And I think, to be fair, I think their manager was bemoaning it after the game. But I think mm. their media guy did say to him it was offside. And mm. I think he might have seen it because they sometimes send the analyst up to the old camera gantry in the main stand. Mm. So they might have had a slightly different view there that showed mm. that it was possibly.
0: Although, uh, speaking of uh, Forest Green's dark arts and uh, offsides, there was, the, there, was, there was a bit where they had a man down about three yards out from goal, and I just wanted one of our strikers to just sort of let that guy down, play him onside and just, <laughs> and just <laughs> score. That, that's but, what you yeah. wanted, wasn't it, yeah. I mean, Dickinson's
1: yeah. goal that was disallowed, that's soft, isn't it? For me, yeah. that that's him standing his ground. The players tried to barge into him, he stood his ground, and he fell down. I don't know how the rest given that one, is it.
0: It's that's one uh, that, I think if that was inside the centre circle, he wouldn't have given a foul for that. No, you know. of course he wouldn't, but, it's,
1: but there you go. But like I said, encouraging signs from Brendan Dickinson there, and no reason to get too downhearted over those two results. And actually, in a weird way, I think the Cheltenham game being off this weekend might work slightly to our advantage. Gives yeah, us a chance to get a full it, week of training and a little bit of a rest.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, I think, you know, some players, like we sort of said, need it a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think that pretty much covers it. It's that to make a good, mm. decent match review we've had there. Um, okay, we'll be back in a sec with part two when we will be uh, looking ahead to the midweek game against Leyton Orient. So we we'll are back in just a sec.
2: Welcome
1: back everyone, we're back into part two now. Um we will be changing that clip that we play at the half time point uh very soon because we obviously did, we did our player interview, me and Dan, uh, this week. And the player's done us a little clip that we're going to play in the middle bit that we're going to use. So a little bit of a change for you next week on that one. Um, okay, Mike, then let's start to look ahead to the uh, to the next game. Um, so we've only got one game to review. Not, we're going to be reviewing two games a week, aren't we? We're going to be reviewing two yeah. and previewing two. Going forward, it's gonna be a bloody nightmare, I think, to be fair. <laughs> but um but we've only got one game to preview uh, this week and that's the midweek clash against Leighton Orient. Um that's on Tuesday, the ninth of January to six thirty PM kickoff. I mean, I didn't mention this in the first half, I'm gonna mention it now. I really didn't enjoy that six o'clock kickoff of the Forest Green game. I just it just messed with my head a bit too much. Literally How I, so? fin- I don't know, I, just, I finish work at five o'clock, right? And I like to have a little gap, have my tea, and then watch the football. Mm. But in this, I literally was like, finish work. It's like, right, get myself settled. Okay, got to watch the football now. And then you're maybe having your tea at half time or something. It just doesn't work. I, I, the six o'clock's too early for me. Sorry, I'm just not, I'm not having it. 6.30. This is the
0: pinnacle of first world problems uh, right exa-
1: Exactly. <laughs> and you know what, 6.30, <laughs> testing my patience. Really testing my patience that. Seven o'clock, I'll, I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. with
0: Yeah, but for me, you know, like... <laughs> On furlough, where I don't have anything to do all day, <laughs> like you know, the 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 game being earlier, you know, it's it's good for me because you know otherwise I'm waiting waiting longer for it. So you know,
1: oh, fair enough. I'll I'll let you have that one. Um, okay, so yeah, a referee for this game is James Bell. Um, he last ref United in the one nil win over Port Vale earlier this season. I think he gave Port Vale a penalty in this game, didn't he? I think it was a penalty. I think it was it wasn't like a contested decision in any way I, I can't remember exactly um let's go on to the history in fact so we sort of did all this i've not done any fresh research for this because this is the same game so this is essentially the research i did for the original one so we're going over old ground i think it's fair to say um so orient were formed uh, originally formed by members of the glenn cricket club in 1881 many of whom were former students of an independent college homerton in nearby Hackney. Now, Homerton's actually now a college in Cambridge, at Cambridge University. Um, an annual fixture actually takes place between the college and the supporters club team every year. So there's a nice little tradition going on there, going mm. back to the past. Um, so obviously, um, we talked in the first half of the season about how many clubs have changed their names during their history. And I don't think there's many who could come close to Leighton Orient in terms of the amount of times they've changed the name. Um, so originally, the club was named eagle cricket club in 1886 and then became orient football club in 1880 um the choice of name of orient funny enough came from the uh from one of the players jack r deering he was an employee of the orient steam navigation company which later became peninsula and oriental which is of course p and o if anyone's got the ferry over to france before they'll know p and or um The name was then changed to Clapton Orient in 1898. It was a cynical attempt to gain support from a more affluent area, although it actually was already a Clapton FC in existence at that time. Um, The name was then changed to uh, Leighton Orient after the Second World War. Uh, The name was changed to just Orient FC in 1966. It was only switched back to Leighton Orient in 1987, so... Quite a recent change back to their current name, isn't it, Mike? It's one Mm -hmm. of those ones, isn't it? You don't see many clubs that go through that many name changes in recent times. I I think we did miss one at the start of the season, didn't we? And I think you picked it up, and I can't remember who it was now, but um, there's been a fair few name changes down the years. Um, I think traditionally we sort of think of Lane Orton as a club playing red and white. You probably think of that iconic sort of checkerboard kit, don't you, the uh, Mm -hmm. Croatia-style one. Um, But actually, they played in blue and white up until 1967. I think they played in red and white uh, before the war, but they changed to blue and white uh, after the Second World War, but it was only when they changed the name to Orient FC that they changed back to red. You know, they're, they're never bloody happy down there, clearly, are they? they? just want to change things all the time. Um,
0: God, if, if, if that was our club undergoing that much change, oh there'd be riots.
1: Can you imagine the complaints <laughs> people would have? We kicked off enough when we went to a slightly navy blue a few years ago, didn't we? <laughs> Remember the <laughs> remember people lost their minds? I'm like, not wearing that colour. Uh, but there you go. We, even, even like the average shades of blue, people argue about that, don't they? What, what's Carlisle colour blue? Um, so they started out in the Southern Leagues, quickly joined the Football League Second Division in 1905. I think their greatest achievement was uh, getting to the First Division in 1962. Like United, they only spent one season in the top flight. There's only six clubs that hold that record in terms of playing one season top flight. Glossop North End, Leighton Orient, Northampton Town, Cal United, Swindon Town and Barnsley. There you go. Um, they spent most of their existence playing at Brisbane Road, currently referred to as the Breyer Group Stadium for sponsorship purposes. But they they were one of the free calls, weren't they? They were in for the Olympic Stadium, Mike. Mm. Uh, I think, kind of weird, wasn't it? It was it was like Spurs and West Ham were having a proper fight in the quarter. Right? And then you said this little lady in audience looking up to them can we have a go can we? <laughs> any chance any chance and you can you can understand why because they are the nearest football club to yeah. the Olympic Stadium and West Ham made quite a major move in terms of distance to move over there and basically encroach into Leighton Orient's catchment area if you want to call it that mm. um, they, I think they, they did uh, take a, a, a legal challenge against it and I, but I think they had to settle uh, out of court I think the Premier League gave them a payment or something mm. in, in the end basically just to keep them happy so look we don't want anything to come out with? this, just, that's this, you know, say West Ham have got the stadium, I'd be happy with that. And I think mean, they settle for that in the end. Um Most of the last 20 years, they spent actually a League One level, but up uh, until 2017, uh under their Italian ownership, uh, the club became quite a mess, didn't it, really? I remember it was yeah. just a shambles and I think you mentioned before, the lad who was Used to pay for Liverpool on the books, didn't they, for a while? What's his yeah, name? Yeah, he was on
0: like twenty grand. O- uh, De Saino, wasn't it? De Saino, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, the, it was on like twenty grand a week or something. Duff.
1: Yeah, absolutely insane. You think that at this level to play on that much money? Um, I think though that, well, that might have been a League One level, but even then, like, it's still a ridiculous mm. amount of money. And um, they ended up relegated to the National League in 2017 after 112 years as a football league club two seasons later they were back in the league under the stewardship of Justin Edinburgh sadly passed away that summer though didn't he Uh, Mm. had a heart attack I think it was when he was out covering the Liverpool Spurs Champions League final because he's obviously a former Spurs player I think he was doing a bit of TV work for them Um, celebrity fans we've mentioned this before uh, comedian and former host of Win, Lose or Draw and in bed with me dinner Bob Mills one of them and the Lloyd Webb. Bit of a mouthful there. The Lloyd Webber Brothers as well. Famous, obviously, for their musicals. Um, head-to-head, not changed since, obviously, we, <laughs> with a game I suppose we played a few weeks ago. We've won mm. 22, uh, we've drawn 14, and we've lost 20. We don't play them that often, actually. And I thought mm. we would have played them a lot more often, but I suppose it's one of those ones in the early days. There was the Southern Leagues, wasn't there? And they would have been in those, so slightly different. Yeah. Um, United haven't lost in the last five fixtures against the O's. Prior to that, they lost four in a row, including the 5 1 defeat on the opening day of the 2013 14 season. A game that I think Lee Miller got sent off, didn't he? For seemingly, it look, it kind of looks like he launched one of their players onto the gravel track around the edge of the pitch. But actually, <laughs> when you watch it back, it's just a coming to, isn't it? And he sort of shrugs him off and he lands down the lad quite hard. Um, probably a bit of a harsh record, mm-hmm. in my opinion. They might disagree. Um, last time we met, it's a game that we both went to, wasn't it, Mike? Um, the one-one mm. draw uh, last season. We didn't get to play them in the home game. Um, it was a I can't, they scored from the penalty spot, and then we equalised through Jack Iredell in the second half.
0: Yeah, Brad's Flake considered the penalty.
1: He did, didn't he? He didn't have the greatest mm. game in this match, but it, it was. It wasn't so a penalty, to be fair. But... It, oh, no, it wasn't. I, what absolutely never a penalty in a million years. Um, but that was the game. Famous. We got stuck on the train on the way back, didn't we? And
2: uh,
1: yeah, your your Austrian friends that you presume were German very typical of you there but uh, there you go um, ok well let's get on to the general sort of preview chat of the game um, we expected the O's to have quite a solid season didn't we and I think they haven't really disappointed probably done a little bit better than we expected maybe mm. I think their summer recruitment wasn't particularly thorough there wasn't massive changes there they've they've not really changed a huge amount since they were promoted I don't think um, mm. currently find themselves in 10th position on 37 points with record of played 26 won 11 drawn 4 lost 11 Goals for thirty-four goals against twenty-nine with a plus-five goal difference. No team has lost as many games as the O's in the top half, but they're not far off one of the top win top teams in terms of number of wins as well. To be fair, they don't draw many. I think it's fair to mm-hmm. say um, their recent form quite similar to us actually. They're just below us in the last six games form table. So they've uh, their last six games they've won three, they've uh, drawn two, and lost. One sorry, drawn one and uh, lost two. Um, they haven't actually won in the last three games though. they last time out, they drew nil nil with Crawley, despite being down for 10 men for an hour of the game. Um, their last win came four games ago with 2 0 home victory over Morecambe. Their manager, Ross Embleton, I've mentioned this before. You know, he's been through the mill, I think, over the last few years. You know, he was just an Edinburgh's assistant. Um had the emotional job of taking over from Edinburgh when the club got back into the league. Did okay to start with, but they decided they wanted someone else in. Brought in Carl Fletcher. His reign was an absolute disaster. It lasted 29 days and Embleton was brought back in as a caretaker and then given the job permanently. So he's uh, still in charge. You know, he's uh, doing okay uh, at the moment. Um, I don't think, you know, he's one of those ones, isn't he? He's like, he's like a name you've, you've probably not really heard of much really before he gets that job, have you? But... Mm. fair play to him you know he's earning his right to to do well as a manager similarly in the way that Beach got our job isn't it really a lot of people yeah. sort of raise their eyebrows when he gets the job but actually doing solid enough um, in terms of the squad makeup, uh not packed with names you might know um, as you mentioned before still relying heavily on players from the National League as you'd expect Rel- rely quite heavily on cast offs from some of the top London clubs uh, like many League 2 sides they've had a busy-ish January transfer window. I think the one that stands out for me was the arrival of Adam Thompson from Rotherham, uh, centre-back. He's been around a few clubs, hasn't he? And he's mm. got bags of experience. I think it's one area they were looking to get an experienced player in and uh, fair play they signed him. Um, their keeper, Vigaro, um Chilean Youth International. I think he's been called up for the full Chilean squad a couple of times. He's, funny enough, played for Liverpool and Everton, but not the Everton you think. He's played for Everton in Chile. <laughs> he has played for Liverpool in England. Yeah, he started out there. Um, but by all accounts, he's one of their star men. Um, in defence, I think Tunji Akinola, who's on loan from West Ham, he's another player they, they think highly of. They've just signed Nick Freeman on loan from Wickham. Bit of experience there. And up front, and we've mentioned before, Joby McEnough just keeps going, doesn't he? At his age, quite incredible. And uh, you mentioned before, uh, Mike, Denny Johnson. He's the goal scorer for them, isn't he? He's been bagging them in the season.
0: Yeah, well, according to Wikipedia, when, like, he basically had this. He scored 51 goals in 48 games for Guysborough Town, and apparently, we were in for him at that point. But he went to Cardiff, who obviously offered more money. But since then, he's had a very unremarkable career. He, he you know, he sort of played for a, a couple of loan spells and played for a few teams north of the border, and hasn't really Dundee done... or Dundee United, I think he was. Up, yeah, Dundee he? and Motherwell, and you know, I mean, before this season, he scored five goals in 19 games for Dundee, so that doesn't exactly you Know make you uh jump for joy, but no. t- it's fair, fair play to him this season. He's scored 16 and 28, so yeah, he's uh, been a cracking sign for them.
1: He really, really has. Um, no ex United players in their squad. Same, I think that I don't think there's any exos in our squad. I've had a quick look and mm. I probably miss one now. No, my no look, there you go. Um, team news, Mike. Um, have mentioned already Nick fit, uh, sorry. Feeney, he's not going to be available, is he? He's got his uh, mm. broken foot, so he's going to miss out. Um, Rod McDonald is back in contention. He played in the reserve game in midweek um, after his... He was in self-isolation. wasn't clear if he had COVID. I think it might just been he came into contact possibly, or maybe he was one of the players who originally tested negative and then actually tested positive mm. later on, didn't he? So so he, I imagine he'd probably come onto the bench, wouldn't he, for this? Because we didn't have a defender in the last two games. So, Yeah, you'd think so. I think it'd be good to, to get some cover on there, at the very least, at the moment. Yeah. Um, Other than that, obviously mentioned there, youngster Jamie Armstrong misses out with a broken ankle. Being honest, probably wouldn't have been involved anyway, I think that's fair to say. Um, Josh Dixon, probably not going to be risked again. He probably wouldn't have been involved, but he's out with a hamstring issue. Um, As well as that, um, George Tanner, we understand he's closing in on a return. That's really good news, isn't it? I mean, Mm -hmm. you think about it, he's only missed a handful of games in the end, hasn't he? Compared against Mm -hmm. what he, he should have missed probably you know, if if he was got his injury now, you think he'd probably be only be missing about 16 games, wouldn't he, potentially? Whereas if it is, mm. he's actually only missed about four or five, actually. So really, really good if he didn't get back into contention yeah, next yeah. week or two. Um, and bar that, uh, Danny Devine remains out with his knee injury. We're not really clear on how long that's going to be, are we? It's not been sort of hinted to at all by um, Chris Beach, has it? Um, in terms of the O's, uh, their midfielder... Oh, God, here we go, right? Their midfielder, Hector Cipriano. Oh, it's actually a bit easier than I thought That uh, He won't be available because he's serving a free match suspension after his red card picked up against Crawley. I think that would be the second game because they play Colchester this weekend in their match. Um, striker Ruel Sotiriu uh, is out with a hamstring issue. Uh, fellow forward Lee Angle is also out with the same problem. Denny Johnson, we mentioned that already, he's had a knee injury. They're hoping he's closing in on a return. So I don't know if he'll feature against Colchester. Maybe he'll feature against us, but it's one of those ones, a long journey. Do you want to be risking a player who's picked up a knock on his knee? Possibly not. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'd leave so. him at home if I was yeah. the late
0: manager.
1: Absolutely. No, no <laughs> need to be dragging him up here. I think Tristan Abrams, they signed from uh, on loan from Newport on deadline day. He might be in contention to be in, involved against us as well. Um, We'll so sort of talk generally about the game, Mike. We've got a bit of time and maybe about the predictions. Um, I have a feeling with that, if, we, if we'd if we been playing Cheltenham at the weekend, I would have probably had this one down as being a tough game and maybe a tight one. Mm. But with that weekend break, I think it's going to help, especially if they've got to play at the weekend. Yeah, definitely. I have a feeling there might be a few goals in this one. I, I, I did say, I did a little bit with the Leighton or Lowdown podcast again this week. We'll tweet a link to that one later and I think I told them I was expecting like a tight game 2-1 but actually thinking about it now I may be going to go for a free one I reckon in this one I think there could be a few goals in this one I think especially after the forest screen game the team will be frustrated and not being able to play this weekend and I think they might take it out on Leighton Oren who's the guys on the Leighton Oren podcast did say their phone's been patchy of late so I'm going to go free one uh in terms of goals I think is going to get another I think he's going to go a little bit of a streak now um I fancy Brendan Dickinson to play in this one. I and him to get a goal. Mm. Um, I would say Lewis Alessandro getting his form. I think Coyote's going to get one. So, yeah. Torrey, Coyote and Dickinson for my goals. Where are you going to go oh, for, Mike?
0: I will go for 4-1. Um, I know, yeah. Uh, oh. Just just because I think defensively we've been looking pretty solid and I don't want to eat these words, but, uh, you know, attacking-wise, there's that many players just kind of knocking on the manager's door now. You know, so I'm hoping that we come in all guns blazing. So I'm going to go for two goals for uh, Coyote, one for Torre. and I'll go one for Alessandra as well.
1: Oh, you're going to go for a sort of front free scoring goals, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Fair play. Um, well, yeah. I mean, that I I think it's going to be a good game. This one, I think. I think. Yeah, we'll be very determined to prove a point. Orient are sort of battling to keep themselves in contention with the playoff places, aren't they? And. You just get this feeling, you know, this is going to be the start of the long run of games now, so the players have got to be up for it and got to get going from the very start. Yeah. Um,
0: well, it, it's it's funny you mention uh, Orin and the playoffs, because I was thinking with Exeter and with uh, Law retiring, I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs. Ooh, you like, think? Co- co- I, I like to stick my neck out and sort of give controversial opinions rather than sit on the fence. But yeah, so I think for other teams in Leighton like, Orient's position, there's a there's a playoff place up for grabs.
1: I, I think you're right. I think I think Newport similar, I think Newport are gonna drop off. Yeah, Newport and X are gonna drop off and we mentioned before I think Mansfield might just sneak in at the end. Yeah. And I got this I hate to say, but I've got this horrible feeling. The Bolton might have a little charge up the table as well. I don't know. They've mm. made some decent signings on deadline day, haven't they? It's it's one of those ones, and I just have this feeling that they're just they're just going to come out of nowhere, and you're just going to be looking, and thinking, "Ah, oh, this is just typical, isn't it?" You know. Gonna but fight, then
0: again, we know. said in the summer they made decent signings. They might win the league, so you know. yeah,
1: yeah. And to be fair as well, you look at Bradford. because they mm. they're in pretty decent form. And where they're splashing the cash from? I've no idea. it's, a, mm. it's one of those ones you can't imagine they're going to get given much money. You'd think in the whole. Pandemic thing if you know, people, clubs can turn around and say, or the leagues can turn around and say, Well, you've paid out transfer fees for two players there during mm. the, the general. Like, yeah, they same disclosed there might be small fees, but mm. I mean, are all them going to let Danny Rowe go away for that low amount? No, are, are, no. Burton going to let Charles Ver- Vernon go away for cheap? Mm. Can't imagine it, can you? It's a weird one, isn't it? But there you go. I, like I said, I, I, I have a feeling we might see Brennan Dickinson coming to the team for this one, and I, I just fancy him to to really show us what he's about and drive us forward a little bit in the game too. So there you go. Okay, let's move quickly on to the Um, X-Files. Goals-wise, there's not much to report this week. I've had a look look for our WhatsApp chat and I could only find the one. And this is not a name. I don't think either of us were expecting to say anytime soon, Mm. were we? Jack Bridge got his first goal for his new club because he's left Concord Rangers and he's gone to Bromley in the conference. He's Mm. teamed up with... Byron Webster there um, scored a goal. who was against it. I think it might have been easily possibly they were playing. Aldershot, maybe one of the I think, in fact, I think it was Aldershot he was he scored uh, in that game against. Uh, a mate of mine uh, did watch the game and said, like, the standard was just absolutely appalling. Like, all these people who say, oh, you know, the National League, so close to League 2. Seriously, watch some of the games on, <sighs> on BT Sport and it, it just isn't. It just They're just not close. And the fact that Barrow have had to make so many changes this season probably tells you mm. that he isn't as close as people make it out to be.
0: It's bar teams. me to think, though, that Bridge and Webster were both offered new contracts with us.
1: Yeah, and they both ended up at Bromley There the conference. <laughs> yeah. there you go. Uh, obviously, Bridge has gone the long way around to that, but they, mm. there you go. Uh, well, I think we've got to cover a lot of transfers, haven't we? Because obviously it's been deadline day and there's been a bit of activity for ex-United players. Um, mm. We'll start off with the big one, the one that matters. Sam Cosgrove mm. has finally left Aberdeen. He's completed a move from Aberdeen to Birmingham City for an undisclosed fee that we understand to be about £2 million, don't we? Quite yeah. a drop-off because they were looking at something like 8000000 million, weren't they, originally? I think that's yeah. what they, they were wanting. Um, so they had to settle for a bit less than that. Um, the good news, obviously, is that we have got sell on calls in this deal. No one knows what it is, but I think at the very least it's 20% is the suggestion. I've heard 20%. Yeah, 20%. I've heard as much as 40% at one point. I mean, if it's 40%, it's outrageous if we've got that much. But even if it is 20%, that's 400 grand in the bank. does mm. Not to be sniffed at. And Back in the day, we used to think, oh, you'd have to wait for all the installments to come in. You get 40% of each installment. You don't. The way it works now, because I think there's an issue with football creditors and things like that, is the club has to pay you the amount you are owed up front from the upfront fee. So we've basically even if they've only got paid one million from we've got our chunk of that straight away basically so mm. we should we should be getting that soon so you know we've had a pretty decent time over the last twelve months in <laughs> terms of transfers way yeah. it's it's worked out quite well well for us, this pandemic um other ex players on the move Glenn Murray uh, said a fond goodbye to Brighton after his spell there he's a bit of a legend isn't he in Brighton colours I have a feeling mm. that he's um. You know he's going to be remembered for for a long time. I think is he their all time got top scorer now? I think possibly. I have a funny feeling. Oh, sure. I think I think he hit the record a year or so ago, maybe mm. a couple of years ago. Um, so he's moved to Nottingham Forest on a permanent deal to the end of the season. So he'll be out of contract in the summer. I'm, I'm not saying anything, but you know, <laughs> I mean, there was some Barrow fans claiming, "Oh, we should be looking to re-sign Glenn Murray." A few weeks, I thinking, no. you are so deluded. <laughs> you know, if if we're in League One. You know, mm. you never know. Winding down his career, yeah. might, might. You know what? As well, even at his age, he'd be a brilliant player in a Chris Beach team. He really, really would, wouldn't he? And I'm sure yeah. he would have played under Chris Beach at Rochdale, wouldn't he? Mm. So Beachy would have been one of his coaches there. And, you know, like I said, he's so combative. So. He puts himself out, and he, I feel, I genuinely it's not going to happen. I, I am, being, <laughs> I am, I am dreaming uh-huh. it. I, I know it's not going to happen, but theoretically, if it did, just let would, us dream. Theoretically, I think he would fit in well into a Chris Beach team. Um. okay other transfers Mosagaf he's finally got a club the last of the players who were released has finally found himself a new club he signed for Dagenham Redbridge in the um, in the National League so finally got himself a move there I wonder if uh, he's maybe had an agent filling his head with uh, pipe dreams possibly for the last 12 Mm. months or so it's uh quite sad really isn't it? you know he hasn't played for 12 months it's, you know, it's going to take him a while to get up to speed I think he I think he started their last game I think he got subbed at half time so shows he's maybe not quite up to it on fitness just yeah. yet um, the only other bit is uh, one of our former youth players uh, Tom White who's been on loan at Bolton he's returned to Blackburn Rovers after his loan there didn't quite work out for him second time around working with Ian Everett did it he's uh, hmm. gone back to Blackburn's under 23 so you wonder what's going to happen for him in his next move because uh, can't imagine he's going to be close to the Blackburn team anytime soon. Um, mm. And the final bit one is uh, Jamie Proctor. After uh, he went back from uh, Newport, back to uh, Rotherham, he's gone back out on loan again. He just seems to spend his life out on loan, doesn't he? He's just mm. a weird career, really, is that, isn't he? He's Rotherham signing for big money, and then you know he's gone again. But there you go. Um, so Jamie uh, Proctor has yeah, gone out on loan to Wigan Athletic. So it'd be interesting to see how, how he does there. I mean, I'll be honest, with you, I hope he helps keep Wigan up because I'd like to go to Wigan next season, if, if yeah, possible. Exactly. It's one of those grounds. Easy one for us to get to, isn't it? You know? Yeah. So there you go. Just, literally just hop on one train over there. Um, other little bit of news. Danny Graham's announced his retirement. 600-odd uh, game, doesn't he? Uh, God knows how many goals. I think come Cumberg put it up the other day, didn't he? So he's, he left Sunderland by mutual consent the other day. And there, there was a few murmurs, wasn't there? And I think Lummy hinted that there was a conversation potentially about him coming here. But mm. I, he's clearly decided, he, you know, his time's up, and it's time to move on to the next stage of his uh, of his life and career, and he's, uh, mm. he's uh, hung up his boots, so let me get the stats yeah. up. I've got them here somewhere.
0: It, I mean, you'd think he'd still be able to do a good job, League 1, League 2, but I, I think he's had a few, a few injuries, I because he was never a, a player that depended on pace. You know, no, so it, but it, it, it he's was a busy just...
1: player. He, he could play play mm. with a lot of energy. He wasn't a player who didn't yeah. work hard and... You know, look at it. Six hundred seventeen games he played, uh, senior appearances. For 174 goals for thirteen clubs. He had a lot of loan spells at the start of his career, where yeah. he didn't really score many goals till he came to us, I think. So, you know, one hundred ten appearances in total for United. Um, you know, brilliant career. Fair play to the lad, you know, because he he didn't start on a youth system either, did he? He, he was in there. I think he was at Chester Lee Street or something like that. I think he started out at. So you know, he's oh, done he? well. To- yeah, he, he wasn't in Middlesbrough's youth setup. I think he joined oh, them okay. like, as an eighteen-year-old. Because he was non-league. part
0: of that sort of, I think there was a time wonder when all of the England under nineteen squad played for Middlesbrough. I think, yeah,
1: like loads of them did. Yeah, and he, he was one of them, wasn't he? But he, yeah, he wasn't one of their youth products. He, he basically ah. signed him from non league, and they they reckon that's why he, he reckons that's what helped him because he was so used to being kicked about by yeah. you know, bricklayers and what you call them, plumbers and <laughs> weekends. So you know, fair play to him. You know, all the best to Danny. You know, I think it's, some people are saying, oh, well, I wouldn't have him back. He was a Bad attitude towards. I don't think he was that bad towards the end. I think we were just we were just a crap side towards the end of his time with us. And he he faced the Brunswick because we weren't really supplying him with chances. Really,
0: He's is one of them players that there was two different Danny Grahams that played for us. Yeah. You know there was the when he was scoring, he was you know there was no stopping him. But when he wasn't scoring, he, his head just dropped in it, and he just sort of didn't have, wasn't as up for it. And it's a shame, but yeah, when we first had him on loan, I think he scored like seven and seven, didn't we? And I think he got we managed nine and to 16, make it permanent. In
1: the... I think it was nine goals in sixteen yeah,
0: it, games. It was, it was it was nine and sixteen, but within that, there was like a seven and seven. Yeah. I seem yeah. to remember. And um, Kevin Garner was when, on we, we, when we signed him permanently, I thought this is one hell of a signing, really. And oh, you know, yeah. and he scored a load of goals in that oh seven oh eight season in the the playoff run.
1: Yeah, and to be fair his goals in the season after, you know, he didn't score as many, but his goals mm. did help keep us up that season to be fair. Yeah. So, and fair of pleasure. course
0: scored with his arse against Leeds. He
1: did indeed. He did indeed. Final little bit of news. Uh, it's a, an ex-manager bit of news. Uh, someone who's been linked with the Kilmarnock job. It's Stephen Presley. Um, interesting one, this one, isn't it? Um, mm. I've seen a few fans giving a bit of stick and look, I don't think he was a particularly great manager for us. And I think he probably tried to be a bit too clever and tried a bit too much and tried a bit too much of the playing out from the back. Because his ideas weren't too dissimilar to Beach in terms of wanting to press and be high energy. I think his problem was he just wanted us to play a bit too much football at times. That was his, mm. his issue. He might do all right, kill Manik. It's one of those ones, isn't it? It might just be a club that suits him. And I, We've had a lot worse managers than Stephen Presley, put it put yeah. that way. And you know, Good luck to him if he comes in there. And you, you know, you've got to give him credit. He signed Aaron Hayden for us. Yeah, he didn't play him as much at the start, but he mm. was settling in. He gave Jared Branfoe his chance. He spotted Jared Branfoe and said straight away, mm. give him a professional deal you know, that lad's gonna go really, really far. So yeah. You've got to pick those bits up, but there you go. Um yeah, so there you go. That that's the last bit of news there. Okay, Mike, then let before we finish up, let's do the quiz then. So look at the eight players who are in the top one hundred uh all time goal scorers in League Two. So that's League Two since two thousand four oh five when it became League Two in its name in that sense. So yeah. there's eight players in there who've played for Cal United at some point in their career um, can you name them I'll, I'll I'll drop in some clues if you're starting to struggle but we'll try okay. and keep this quite tight because I, I know last time it dragged out a little bit I think so <laughs> but there's yeah. about 30 today then so there's less this time so away you go well, the, 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 that's what I'll say is the top two are probably a little bit surprising well definitely the second one in terms of the top 10 car United ones in that time is a little bit surprising okay Cause well
0: because it's tough in not it because obviously players who score a load of goals in League 2 don't last very long in League 2 so, but there'll be some players who maybe they're not forwards, but they've spent most of the career in League Two, might have scored a few. So. And also,
1: you got to remember, we've been in League One for a lot of that time, so It might not be yeah. players who were you know with those long periods. So there
0: yeah. Well, I'm going to go Carl Hawley straight up.
1: He's not in there, is no. he not? Okay. You um, got your memories. He scored for twenty six goals for us. What I'll say mm-hmm. is, I probably should have given this as a hint, maybe, but the, one of them is the hundredth in the list, right? He's on thirty six goals. Okay, so it's got to be more than thirty-six goals or more mm. scored at this level in league games, that is, and the one who's top is on sixty-two goals. They're nineteenth in the in the Oof. overall table, so so Carl Holly is wrong, I think, because I think he scored what twenty-four for us. I think it was twenty-six. Twenty. After I say twenty-six, I think it's twenty-six or twenty-four. In fact, no, twenty-six was including cup goals. I think it was twenty-four in the league, and I think he only scored maybe a handful. But after that, because he played a lot in league one level, so Carl Holly is not one of them. So
0: okay. that's one guess down. Um, I'll say Nicky Adams because he's been in this league a hell of a long time. I
1: think you're trying to be a little bit too clever. Man. Oh, okay. Nicky Adams is <laughs> not one of them. No, he's not. He not, doesn't uh, score many goals even Nicky Adams. You've you got remember that. He sets a lot up but he doesn't yeah. score many.
0: S- see, I I don't think Glenn Murray would be there, would he?
1: No, because I think a lot of his were before. I mean, he he spent a little yeah. bit of time down this hill but he moved up. I think I think he's just outside the top 100 from, from what I remember.
0: Okay. Um, Grant Holt wouldn't count, would he?
1: No, he would not count. No,
0: cause yeah, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> well, he had a, a trial with yeah. us, so I'm I'm really struggling here because I've, I've I've named all the big hitters straight away, and <laughs> none of them are right. So, well,
1: uh... right, what I'll say is okay. Of the names there, giving you some clues here, five of them played for us under the Keith Curl era. Okay, There's a clue for you: uh,
0: Jason Kennedy.
1: No. Again, oh. you're, trying to, you're trying to be too clever. Ugh. You're really trying to it be too score
0: clever. He did score a lot of goals, Jason Kennedy. Yeah. Um, oh. I don't think he scored
1: that many at his other clubs, though. I think he scored quite a few for us, but he wasn't a free-scoring midfielder at okay. other clubs.
0: Well, I'll go for a double-header of Abiré and Asamoah.
1: You're right with one of them. In third place, so actually 47th overall in the lead two th- uh, top all-time top scorers, Jabu Abiré with 48 goals. So you've got one there. Yeah. Derek Asamoah is not in there because actually he spent a lot of time playing at... Much higher level than than League Two. I don't think he spent much mm. time at League Two. Uh,
0: obviously Charlie White would be nowhere near would he? No, um, you're right. Charlie White's one of them. Oh, was he?
1: Thirty-eight okay. goals at this level. Oh, okay. There you go. I, he scored quite a few for us. He must have scored a few when he was on loan at Hartlepool as well. I think possibly in Wimbledon at this level. I think he played four two. So he's, mm. he's got thirty-eight goals at this level, Charlie White. So he's he's fifth out of the Car United players, eighty-fifth uh, overall.
0: So how many more Keith Curle players?
1: Uh, so you've named Wake and Ibiray. So there's three more to name. Ooh. I think of players you've probably played for, you know, a lot of clubs at this level, potentially, and things like that. Right, I'll, I'll give you a yeah, clue. So what, okay, so of those, of those three players I've just mentioned, yeah. one of them's the top one, and he's a striker. S- one, S- one of them is, probably gives away, a striker con winger, and one of them's a midfielder. A midfielder one you should get straight away, but maybe if you don't.
0: Uh, a midfielder
1: under Keith Coe.
0: Yeah. That's supposedly scored more goals than Jason Kennedy.
1: Uh, easily scored more goals than Jason Kennedy.
0: Uh, oh, Jamie Devitt.
1: Jamie Devitt, yes. Jamie Devitt's yeah. fourth. He's got forty-five goals. Uh, yeah. At this level, um, fifty-eighth overall in the top one hundred. Alright. Okay. So, so, so the striker, winger, um. The, the the striker bit is, is a big giveaway because he, he likes to think he's a striker but he's better at wide I think for us at least he was hmm he was on loan originally
0: Uh no I am desperately right, I've got
1: to give you that one eye because right, you're, okay. you're never going to be able Hallam Hope
0: yeah. ah of course
1: 37 goals he's on he's 92nd yeah. in the table 6 overall the Cal United ones if you'd have said
0: Keith Curl had a really weird obsession with him, I would have got it straight <laughs> Yeah,
1: there. you probably would have got that one then, wouldn't you? Okay, um, let's try and hurry this one up a little bit more then. Um, right, the bottom two, I might as well try and give you some clues. Then. The bottom two, um, one of them played against us in a very recent game.
0: Oh, very recent, you say? Um, yeah.
1: No. Didn't score. In fact, I don't think he actually scored a goal for us, I should say. I haven't
0: got a clue.
1: He's a youth product.
0: Oh, um, what, did, did he get a pro deal with us?
1: He did, but he didn't play many games. Uh, Mark back. Nope.
0: No, of course we haven't played Harrogate, have we? <laughs>
1: when I say very no. recent, I mean literally. We just we just bloody reviewed the game <laughs> today. <laughs>
0: Oh, of course, Ryan Bowman.
1: Ryan Bowman. He's 97 mm. through 36 goals at this level. me.
0: Okay. I didn't realise he actually scored
1: that many at this level, but he must have scored mm. a few for Darlington and maybe Torquay at this level. I can't remember. But um, the one that's number 100, he he was only on loan with us. He played five games. And I think he scored three goals in those five games. His name's alliteration. Uh, oh,
0: is it Jake Jervis? It is Jake Jervis. 36 uh, goals go. at
1: this level. So he's the eighth. He's just inside the top one hundred on the same number of goals as Ryan Bowman. So you need the top two now. Now, like I said, I think the second one might surprise you a bit more than the the, the top one. The top one scored a goal in a, a playoff game. In fact he might even score a couple uh, of goals in the playoff game.
0: In a playoff game for us? Yes. Is it uh oh but a striker you say? Yes. Um because I was thinking uh Oh Sullivan, but he wouldn't have right. that many, would he? He linked um, up well with Devitt in the past. <laughs> he linked up well before with
1: before we, before he signed for us. He linked up very well with Devitt. Oh, Sean Miller, of course. Sean Miller, Sean yeah. Miller is the highest Kaileneyed goal player. who played for Kaileneyed. He's the top goal scorer in League Two in that period. Nineteenth in the table, On yeah. sixty-two goals he scored at this level.
0: There's quite a few, really. Isn't had it? A lot of clubs at this level as well. Yeah, he has
1: indeed. Uh, the next one. Um, and it'll probably get, I'm going to have to give you a clue here, and it's a clue he's going to give it away. He still plays for us.
0: Oh, uh, okay. <laughs>
1: in our in our opinion, in mine, Dan's, and yours, he's one of the key men for us this season. He makes us take. Oh, Alessandra, Luis Alessandra, fifty-seven goals at late two eleven that here time. He's twenty-fifth in the table, so obviously he's still rising because he's still scoring goals. So, yeah. But you, what you forget about Alessandra is he's, he has pretty. Although he's played for a lot of clubs, he's played pretty much most of his time at this level, hasn't he? Mm. He's always been useful and he always chips in with the old goal, doesn't he, when he's at clubs. Mm. So, it's a fair play to him. So, there you go. That's, that's your eight. I think we didn't drag it out quite as long as the last one, but well, I'll try mm. and find an even tighter one next time. So, if you want to play along with your mates, whatever. So, this is, the, in the top 100 lead two goal scorers of all time since two thousand four oh five. 5 there's eight Cal United players and those players are Sean Miller, who's 19th in the table with 62 goals, Luis Alessandra, who's on uh, 25th position with 57 goals. Jabo Abiré, who's 47th, with 48 goals. Jamie Devitt, 58th, with 45. Charlie Wyke, who's 85th, with 38. Hallam Hope, who's 92nd, with 37. Ryan Bowman, who's 97th, with 36. And Jake Jervis, who's 100th, with 36 as well. So there you go, Mike. <laughs> a bit of you a, go. drag that one out a little bit. but uh,
0: I mean, to be fair, it wouldn't drag out as long if I knew the answers. Um, <laughs> it uh, would help. It probably doesn't help. He
1: was very, very helpful indeed. Um, once again, mate, thanks for joining me. Um, little update in terms of the uh, special episode. So we're, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be putting out the play interview that me and Dan did uh, Earlier this week, that's going to go out on hopefully Monday or Tuesday next week, probably Tuesday. I think so. We'll give you a chance to have a listen before the game. Uh, it was an absolutely belting chat we had with the the player, a really, really good one. We're hoping to get a couple more. He seems to suggest, from what he was saying to us, that the players will be happy to you know, a couple of them will be happy to do it if they can. Um, really nice to talk to him about his career, really interesting character, interesting the way his career has developed. Um, not not going to tell you is what we're going to do is going to maybe drop a couple of clues over the weekend. So you can try and guess who it's going to be. Um, But there you go. Um, Hopefully as well, we'll be getting that uh, kit special out the week after as well. It was going to be next week, but I think it's better to put the player interview out first because it keeps it nice and fresh, doesn't it? Uh, If you've got any comments or feedback or anything you'd like to suggest we discuss, please send them in via Twitter to at Bugle or by email to gmail.com. If you haven't already, please remember you can subscribe to the podcast via all good podcast apps, including Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And as I mentioned before, leave us a review if you can. Five-star review. You can say what you want in the text. Just give us a five-star review and then more people will hear about (laughs) it and they'll listen to it. You can say it's rotten if you really want in the text, just as long as the stars are five. That's the key thing. Um, The world map of listeners, Mike, I haven't looked at this for a few days, so there might be some new ones in it. I suspect probably not. But, oh, it does look like actually, because there's a higher number on there. So have we got any new countries? Oh, we have got a new country, Mike. Go on. We've got a listener in Argentina. Oh, there you okay. go. First time we've had Argentina on the list. Um, looking yeah. down, I think that's the only new one. I don't think. Um,
0: have we have we ever had an Argentinian play for us? I'm not sure. No, we haven't. We had an Argentinian
1: no. on trial in the late '90s. I can't remember his name. I was looking it up the other days. It's a random name that comes up on Wikipedia. Shows up. And well, I'll maybe drop it on Twitter and see if people can remember the fact that he was on trial. But yeah, so that's that's the new country. Argentina is a new country on the list. Uh, thank you to time. our Argentine listener. If you if you know you are listening this long in the put into the podcast, drop us an email. Let us know that you're listening. We want to know where you know why you listen to us from Argentina. Are you a you know an exile blue or are you maybe a an Argentinian who's taking an interest in it? I, I don't know. We'll never know unless you tell us. There you go, Mike. fans once again for joining. Me. We really do appreciate it. As you mentioned before, what we're going to do, hopefully, we'll get a, the interview episode out on. Tuesday uh, and then the um, the aim is to do a, a preview episode probably on Thursday next week and a review of the later Oreck game as well um, oh before we before we finish you've got to mention as well the the, f- the flag appeal that we've had uh, brilliant start to this I don't know if anyone's seen it on the Be Just Unfair Facebook group we've um, we've been doing a little appeal to get some flags put up on the, the the crush barriers in the Warwick Road and in the Paddock as well and I think it's, as, as we've recorded it's up to about two and a half grand isn't it? and the target was 500 to get one yeah. flag put in the Warwick and the the response has been unbelievable from people. Chris Beach has, has bunged in 50 quid as well. Yeah. You know, the, the man in charge, what a guy, what a guy. So um, so there you go. We will. Um, if, if you want to find out more about that, go, to, go on uh, the Be Justin Fairnot group on Facebook. I think John Coleman's promoted it on Twitter as well and we'll give it another plug as well. So if you can bug a little bit of cash towards that, we're going to hopefully fill all the crush barriers and whatnot with flags while the fans aren't allowed back in. Yeah. Um, Mike, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week for another episode and uh, up the blues and hopefully three points next Tuesday.
0: Cheers.